Well, hello, everyone. I'm Laura Ellsworth, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Rick and Joni Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. And even though we're... Uh, calling in remote today, I know the phone will be answered and the message will be sent over to us if you do have a question, so please do feel free to call in today. With us today is Dr. Jill Cruz, ready to answer our medical questions. Dr. Cruz's specialty is family medicine. She works as a hospitalist with the Brookings Health System and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Cruz. Good morning. Great to see you this morning. Yes, yes, in my neck of the woods this time. Yes, yes, had to come to Dr. Cruz today, which yep. works out just fine for us. So um, good to be together and flexible, right? Yes, we can make these things work. Absolutely. Dr. Cruz, what are we seeing now? I know these last couple of weeks we've been seeing a lot of influenza. I saw some of those charts where the influenza chart was just going up, 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 and, and um, much earlier than it had in previous years. Are we still seeing this rise in influenza and other respiratory illnesses, or are things starting to calm down a bit? Um, no, we're still pretty much seeing a rise in our influenza numbers and upper respiratory infections, um, RSV, although from what I'm seeing in the hospital, the, the pediatric RSV has, has come down a little bit, but there's still definitely plenty of pediatric RSV around and plenty of adults uh, with RSV. This is like the first time in my entire career I've seen adults hospitalized with RSV, so this is a particularly nasty strain. Uh, that we're just not used to seeing. So definitely RSV has been going on uh, right now and a lot with that. Um, and influenza, we normally peak like the second week of February. That has been traditionally like the last five years where, you know, you can get records from the Department of Health. It has always peaked in February. So this is like the earliest peak we have ever had. Um, mainly influenza A, but there have been a couple of influenza Bs going around as well. So it is definitely a cough and cold and flu season, so cover your mouth when you're coughing, you know, clean your hands after blowing your nose, try not to spread it to other people. So spread Christmas cheer, not influenza and RSV. There you go. Right, just the Christmas cheer. So if we are having some of those symptoms, when is it appropriate to go get checked out, um, to think it might be something that needs a little assistance, or when is it appropriate for us to just stay home and recover? So if you're otherwise young and healthy, don't have any other health problems, you know, I would say it would be fine to ride it out with the typical cough and cold medicine that you have at home. If you have any respiratory issue, you know, COPD, asthma, you know, definitely you would want to get in and talk about getting treatment. There's a shortage of Tamiflu right now, both liquid and pills. So we're really reserving that to the people that are the highest risk of having complications or ending up in the hospital with RSV and um, influenza. So with that, if, if you feel like you're short of breath, you're having a hard time breathing, severe wheezing, and you're concerned, you know, definitely get in and get checked. We can check your oxygen level. Some people have been needing supplemental oxygen, you know, with RSV and with um, pneumonia, influenza, all of those things that have been going around. So if you're having a hard time breathing, definitely get checked out in the emergency room in the clinic and go from there. 
if, you know, you're like, this is just a bad cold, I can tough it out at home, you know, try that because unfortunately there's not much we can do for RSV. It's basically symptomatic care. There's no vaccine for it aside for premature infants. Um, there's no vaccine for adults and, and the general population for RSV. You just have to write it out so we give supportive care for that, meaning oxygen, inhalers, steroids. Um, but nothing really fixes it. It has The body has to fight it off. We just help the body fight it off. Uh, same with influenza, the Tamiflu, we're reserving for those who really need it due to all of these shortages that have been going on. And Tamiflu gets you better like a day quicker. I mean, in studies, it's like 12 to 18 hours faster. So it's not a dramatic improvement. So don't feel that you're missing out if you're not getting that Tamiflu prescription. It also has a fair number of side effects. So personally, if I had influenza, I would not get Tamiflu um, unless I, you know, were at high risk for complications of it and hospitalization with, you know, diabetes, heart disease, uh, cancer, uh, lung conditions, heart conditions. So, you know, high-risk people, I would want to reserve the Tamiflu for them. For me, as a middle-aged, healthy person, just, you know, some chicken soup and hide under the covers. Yep. Yeah. Rest for a few Rest. days. Rest. Very good. Well, it's time for us to go to our first break. Our Prairie Doc topic this week is humanities in medicine. So when we return from our break, we will be talking about that. But we're also happy to answer any questions you may have this morning for Dr. Cruz. So give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. If you have diabetes, these lifestyle changes can help lower your risk for heart disease. Follow a healthy diet. Eat more fresh fruits and vegetables, lean protein, and whole grain. Aim for a healthy weight. If you're overweight, even losing a modest amount of weight can lower your triglycerides and blood sugar. Get physical activity. Try to get at least 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity physical activity, such as brisk walking. Manage your ABCs. A, your A1C test. B, keep your blood pressure below 140 over 90. And C, control your cholesterol levels. S stands for stop smoking or don't start. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Call your provider with questions or to set up an appointment, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605 692 1430 605-692-1430. Before the break, Dr. Cruz was filling us in on the different respiratory illnesses going around and some things to keep in mind if we are experiencing some of those symptoms. But we're going to transition now to our Prairie Doc topic this week, which is humanities in medicine. Dr. Cruz, what are we talking about when we say humanities in medicine? Yeah, it is kind of a vague topic when you talk. So we're just talking about um, 
basically kind of how do we treat each other? How do we treat, you know, this? we're talking about doctor-patient relationship. We're talking about, you know, what is it like to be a doctor? Uh, how how are um, sometimes we seen as the public, sometimes we're vilified, sometimes we're, you know, uh, seen as saints or healthcare heroes. And, you know, the truth is we're humans. And we talked about what is our, our humanity and what's the humanity of our patients. You know, sometimes doctors are very good at, at seeing that humanity and treating it and meeting it. And other times we fall short of the mark and completely fail. So, um, you know, just talking about what humanity is basically what does it mean to be a human. Mm-hmm. You know, the the whole part of humans and human failings. And you know, definitely with healthcare, there is this expectation of um, doctors and nurses being on a, a higher level or a different level of expectations for the public of how we're supposed to um, behave and act. And we kind of talk about that and the, the stresses that go along with that higher expectation of us, you know, being able to work for long stretches of time and, um, you know, not taking breaks and still being there and giving 110% to the patients and the families that we serve. Um, you know, one of our guests, Dr. Sunny Smith, um, she and she has been very open about this and actually was uh, featured in a documentary, I believe, on um, TLC. She actually ended up in a coma and suffering from seizures due to sleep deprivation when she was an intern. Oh, wow. So, I mean, talk about doctors being pushed to their physical limit. She was, and her body shut down, and she was in an ICU intubated in a coma for quite some time. Um, thankfully, was able to come back, didn't have any uh, cognitive uh, loss after that. But uh, it just shows how brutal our training can be when, you know, there is a lot of um, toll mentally, physically, and emotionally for caring for people that takes on uh, nurses and doctors. And definitely with the pandemic stress, that has only been amplified with shortages of workers, uh, shortages of, you know, staff, and more needs from patients. You know, people are sicker. We're not able to transfer people out of community hospitals to larger hospitals because there's lack of bed availability. And, you know, we were prepared for it in the initial surge of the pandemic. We're like, yes, we're, we're going to do this. But the fact that it's continued to drag on now that COVID numbers have fallen off, the number of healthcare workers that have left, either you know retired, went to something else, died, or just got so completely burned out they quit the profession completely, has left a bigger strain on those of us who are remaining. So we talk a little bit about that. Um, Dr. Jerome Freeman is another um, doc that was here. He's with Sanford Neurology, and he's really big with the medical school talking about their kindness curriculum. So he talked about the importance of kindness and how we treat each other, uh, how doctors interact with patients, how we, you know, uh, give them our best and and really look for that humanity because the first thing you do when you become a patient is we put you in a gown. So we strip away a lot of identity when someone's admitted to the hospital, which isn't good necessarily. You know, you become a patient with a diagnosis and there's so much more to what it takes to heal someone, not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually. So we talk about how can we not strip away the patient's identity and still meet them as a person and 
take care of the whole person, not just the diagnosis that put them in the clinic or put them in the hospital. This kind of reminds me, we are working on some travel plans, and so we were trying to figure out a flight situation. So we started texting with the robotic flight Mm -hmm. response to figure out these. And so the robot could do so much for us. And then it was time for a real person to talk to us and help us out. And I feel like that might be a little bit true with medicine. When you have a situation, you kind of, these are the diagnosis, and we can go this way, that way, based on these symptoms or these variables for this person. But eventually it takes a human to really come up with a human connection to understand where the patient's coming from, where the physician is coming from, to really make the best health plan for an individual who is a human, right? Completely. And and understanding that people have concerns, people have fears, and if we don't know about those concerns and fears and we don't find them and address them, that can cause a lot of unnecessary and undue suffering for a patient. So if... um, you know, a patient has some dark stools and their next-door neighbor just was diagnosed with colon cancer and that was their first diagnosis, they come into the hospital, they may be concerned that they're dying of colon cancer. And to a doctor, we're like, well, there's about 20 different things that could cause, you know, dark stools. If they're red, did you eat beets? Did you, do you have a bleeding hemorrhoid? Do you have, you know, many things, not just colon cancer, but if you don't address the concerns that they're worried they could have colon cancer like their neighbor, they're going to feel they weren't listened to, that the doctor just rushed through a diagnosis, that they weren't heard. So um, having that communication where you can say, hey, I, this is what I'm concerned about, or this is what I Googled. I mean, that's it's a, a known fact that patients will Google their symptoms. And if they found something on their Google search that they're concerned about and I don't address that, that's, that's a failure of communication on our parts. And, you know, for me not to uncover that or them not to express that, there's going to be concerns that something was missed. Um, so, you know, patients are a lot more educated, a lot more savvy than they were um, just because of this availability of information. I mean, this stuff, information, medical information used to be, like, hidden in textbooks and medical libraries and only doctors had access to it. Now with the Internet, there is an explosion of information. Um, But then finding how to take all that information and apply it to a particular situation takes a little bit more finesse. And so sometimes things can get wrong. I've I've had patients come to me with things I hadn't considered, and I was like, you know what, that is a great idea. Let's do the test for that. Let's look into that. Or, oh, your family history would make me concerned about X, Y, or Z. Let's let's pursue that further. Uh, and then there are other times where they'll bring up something, and I'm like, you know, 10 people in the United States have been diagnosed with that. I don't think that fits well with what's going on with you, and I am more convinced at this point it is this. Let's do X, Y, and Z to prove or disprove. And, you know, so it takes a lot of education to explain not what we're thinking, but why we're thinking it, and and how to explain that in non-medical terms that don't get bogged down in jargon. Um, you know, the old days of I'm the doctor and we're going to do it this way just because does not cut it anymore. So, you know, we have to recognize that as doctors, and it's changed how we train. It changes how we interact with patients, I think, for the better. Mm-hmm. 
tell me more about this, uh, Dr. Sunny Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says here that she's with Empowering Women Physicians. What is that? Yep, so that is a uh, company that she started. It has a Facebook group. She does uh, lots of physician coaching. Okay. Um, working with kind of physician burnout, uh, working with kind of job satisfaction, working with the fact that we are doctors and we are humans. Mm-hmm. And our job involves a lot of stress. So she has these groups where she works uh, one-on-one and in group settings to help. And her group uh, coaching program has worked on improving self-compassion for doctors because doctors are, uh, we like to be compassionate to other people. We are terrible at uh, focusing that compassion back to ourselves, especially harder on ourselves if uh, a patient doesn't respond, a patient dies, something bad happens. And you know, we can definitely beat ourselves up, and that can affect our relationships with our family, our spouse, our children, our relationships with our friends. You know, uh, if a doctor gets sued, it can be very self-isolating. Uh, physicians have a, a incredibly high suicide rate. About It's like over 300 to 400 physicians commit suicide a year. Mm-hmm. So it's one of the higher uh, professions for suicide. Um, so her empowering women physicians works with trying to uh, lower that and be a support because it, it can be very isolating, especially as a female physician. Um, you know, depending on your specialty, some are more male dominated than than others. So it can be kind of an isolating job, and uh, just having a group of like minded people that understand what you're going through and can kind of help navigate things of being a woman, being a mother, and being a doctor because those roles are sometimes completely at odds. Mm-hmm. Right. Being pulled a lot of different directions. Definitely. Well, it's time for us to go to our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any questions you have for Dr. Cruz this morning. Look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Did you know that someone in the United States has a heart attack every 40 seconds? A heart attack happens when a part of the heart muscle doesn't get enough blood. You might hear a heart attack called an MI or myocardial infarction. The more time that passes without treatment to restore blood flow, the greater the damage to the heart muscle. If you have pain in your chest, call for help. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430, 605-692-1430. Before the break, Dr. Cruz was discussing humanities in medicine, which is our Prairie Doc topic this week, and it will be the topic on our television show tomorrow evening at 7 p.m. on SDPB. Dr. Cruz, I wanted to ask you about a couple of the other features that I know you're going to have in tomorrow night's show. One is about music in medicine uh, with Dr. Candace Williams. Tell us more about that work and what that is doing. Yep. So she is uh, a doctor who is kind of combining her love of medicine and her love of music using uh, definitely 
music as a way of, of healing because we know that music is it touches a very deep part of us. I mean, we've I've had patients that have severe dementia, um, can't remember their name, can't speak, but you sit them in front of the piano and they can still play because they were a piano teacher for you know thirty years. So it, music definitely accesses a different part of our brain um, that can touch us so deeply, which is why it's music can be so inspiring and we can use music for therapy. So uh, she was definitely talking about the importance of music and the arts in uh, whole person care and and health. Mm -hmm. So definitely very interesting and she's an incredibly talented uh, person. So she had a really neat uh, uh, music. uh, She shared a little bit of her music in there, so it was great. Wonderful. Yeah, music is healing, I feel. Even if we're healthy, mm-hmm. I feel a little better after getting some music in, right? Yeah. Singing, playing, whatever. Listening, listening. to Christmas carols. Yes. yes, listening to those Christmas songs. Our daughter, Lydia, she's nine, mm-hmm. and Camilla encourages us them to do different service projects in the community to earn some points for different things. Well, anyway, Lydia decided... Uh, one of the things was to share a talent, and so she decided she wanted to go to a nursing home and share some music. So that's been really fun. She's done it twice so far, and she has another time scheduled over Christmas break. Uh, But that first time we were at a nursing home, and uh, Lydia shared just some common, uh, those Sunday school songs, those Bible songs that we all grew up with, and it was so fun to see how the residents responded, and so many were singing along, some, you know, it smiles and tears in their eyes, and chatting with the different residents afterwards was really rewarding, too, and one of them was sharing how she used to be a Sunday school teacher, and so it meant a lot to her to hear some of those songs again. So it is really fun, magical to see how music connects people, Uh how it touches somewhere deep inside us, even if we're not feeling the best or um, maybe don't have all of our cognitive abilities we used to have. Uh It is pretty incredible. it's, It's a core thing is it's so core to the essence of who you are right right I wanted to ask you about your other special feature in the show is with Dr. Raina Oddish an author what do what is yep. she the author so of and what she, she share about she wrote uh, her basically it was a memoir of uh, her health journey so she ended up in the intensive care unit not once but twice due to a tumor in her liver that was hemorrhaging out and uh, she had severe bleeding for it, almost died. And it, um, her being a patient completely changed how she interacted as a doctor and as a medical educator. So here she is in her own hospital when she's, you know, intubated in the ICU, and here's the doctor say, we're losing her. And she's like, oh, my gosh, I, I can't believe, you know, I'm dying. (laughs) What do you mean I'm dying? Mm -hmm. So, you know, so she talked about her experience with that and, um, you know, talks about the power of hope and and how important hope is with patients and with doctors and, and talks about some of the things that are, are broken in the medical training uh, system that I think are definitely getting better and she's was definitely spearheading uh, improving that. But it is a beautiful, powerful read. Um, like I said, the book is called In Shock. Um, and she just walks through her health journey of, you know, almost dying twice mm-hmm. and um, going back through that recovery process and, and trying to heal and then using that to make her a better doctor. 
so. She is phenomenal. I we we talked for forty five minutes. There's only fifteen minutes of it in the essay. I wish you could watch the entire forty five minutes because she was just a delight to interact with. Um, just had so much wisdom and um, courage from her experience that she's gone forward with. Excellent. So as a reminder, that's tomorrow night on SDPB at 7 o'clock p.m. And if you missed that, you can always find it on Facebook or on Prairie Doc YouTube as well. Well, it's time for us to go to our final break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. If you have a question, just a couple minutes left, you can give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. Thank you for listening to today's program, and today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Influenza has made its appearance. If you have not received a flu shot, get one now. Symptoms of influenza are fever, fatigue, cough, runny nose, body aches, and decreased appetite. Generally, influenza makes you feel much worse than the common cold. If you have questions about influenza, call your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here with us to answer our medical questions, 605-692-1430. Well, this is our final Prairie Doc show for... 2022, we're going to be on Christmas break these next couple weeks, too. So uh, we hope you all have a wonderful Christmas. Dr. Cruz, what are you looking forward to this Christmas? Um, We actually kind of did our Christmas a little early. We did it on uh, Sunday after our church Christmas program uh, because we're going to be on vacation down in uh, Florida away from family. So we've already had our magical moment. Excellent. (laughs) And opened gifts and, and had lots of fun with that. So now we'll get to relax, hopefully somewhere warm and with less ice and snow. There you go. Yes, wonderful. Yeah, we we did one of our family Christmases already as well, and it's kind of nice to spread things out. And uh, the weather was good for us that weekend, so that's great. And just one, one more thing to just have in a good place. So, yeah, always look forward to these Christmas breaks. And this break is interesting as we, I know we both have kids in the Brookings School District, but they've had a couple extra days off already. Yes. We'll, see, we'll see what happens these next couple of days with all of that. Yeah. But it's always fun to have the kids around and all the magic that happens with them around too. So that's good. What reminders do you have for us, Dr. Cruz, when it comes to our health over the holidays? Yes. Well, right now we need to talk about ice and safety with ice. Um, definitely you want to waddle like a penguin. You don't want to be trying to walk fast. It's kind of a more wider base gait, a little bit slower. Um, you know, don't try to, um, you know, make sure you use ice melt, good gra- traction, you know, things to keep you safe because mm-hmm. there's ice underneath that snow and that is that is dangerous. We don't want people slipping, falling, breaking hips, and then ending up spending Christmas with us here in the hospital. We would love to take care of you, but we would rather you would, could be able to spend that time with your family uh, rather than here in the hospital. So definitely walk you know, safely, bundle up, wear layers, make sure if you're traveling anywhere, have uh, things in your car to keep you safe, you know, extra blankets and uh, water and, you know, flares, emergency food. 
in you. So my car is always, I, I think I could probably survive several days on just the snacks uh, hidden underneath <laughs> the seats that my children have discarded or half eaten. Yes. Um, but do make sure that you're prepared. If you're driving anywhere, call ahead. Make sure that people know that you're coming, have cell phones, you know, fully charged. So make sure that safety. Um, with dealing with family, it, it can be stressful. Um, a good phrase to have in your back pocket it, when someone stresses you out, just say, of course they did. <laughs> because if your mother has been criticizing the way you make, you know, uh, your casseroles for the last 20 years, she's not going to change this way. So when she does it again, you say, of course she did. <laughs> and if your kids are hyped up on sugar and running around and not wanting to go to bed, of course they are. And if your spouse didn't get you what you wanted, again, of course they did. <laughs> so if you, it, it gives a lot more grace and... Um, because if you argue with reality, you're going to lose. So if you can just give yourself and everyone around you a little bit of grace and say, of course, this is not ex unexpected, this is not anything wrong, this is just the way it is, and it's we're going to move gonna forward. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be perfect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So... Right. Good wisdom. Thank you, Dr. Cruz. Yeah. Perfect. Well, we thank everyone for listening to Prairie Doc Radio this morning. Before we go, please do be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. Tomorrow, December 15th, Prairie Doc host Jill Cruz will be discussing the importance of humanities in medicine with Dr. Sunny Smith and Dr. Jerome Freeman. So tune in this Thursday at 7 p.m. Central on South Dakota Public Broadcasting or on the Prairie Doc Facebook page. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group, Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit www.prairiedoc.org and look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Jill Cruz for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people. <laughs>